Coming to you live from the St. Louis offices of Master Closet Studios, it's the only podcast on the internet that keeps going back in time to watch old episodes of Doctor Who. It's the Noobs and the Whovian, without the Noobs or the Whovian. It's just classic Who Noobs and the Whovian with Jared today, giving you all the information that you could possibly want for the fourth Doctor and... A little bit of information to intro the genesis of the Daleks. So let's take a look at the fourth Doctor. So for the fourth Doctor, they hired Tom Baker. And I don't know if they had any clue when they were getting into this what they were going to get from Tom Baker, but he is still today for many the most loved, the most iconic Doctor of all the Doctors. Uh, A lot of people that are still watching the show today really look back, they grew up with Tom Baker and consider him to be their doctor. And it's no really surprise why, because he appeared in a total of 172 episodes. And he's the longest playing doctor on screen. He played the fourth doctor from 1974 to 1981. And so that's seven years there from season 12 to season 18. His first serial was Robot, in season 12, and his last serial was Legopolis in season 18 there. So first, let's talk about his outfit. So he's he's got this fedora and this really long scarf and trench coats. It's uh, you, you might describe it as a bohemian look, which I don't know if uh, there in the late 70s, I don't know how popular that was in England um, necessarily, but it was an iconic look for him. You know, it was very distinct from other doctors, but a, a look that might fit in at that time. So I want to talk about the scarf, though, because that's like one of the most iconic pieces of his costume. The actual look of the scarf does change. The actual color scheme on the scarf changes throughout the time, but it's always this super long scarf that even when wrapped around his neck hangs down to his feet and beyond. And so the reason that the scarf is so long is that the the seamstress or uh, a costume designer that was asked to make the scarf for the prop, she was given a bunch of wool yarn to make the scarf and she thought she was just supposed to use all the yarn, so she just kept knitting until all the yarn was gone. And it ended up being a super long scarf. Well, the fourth doctor loved it from the start, and he just owned it. And now it's anyone you see in cosplay with the fourth doctor, they have to have the scarf. Fedora, that comes and goes. The scarf is pretty much always there. That's his look. He's got the mop of curly hair on his head. I mean, he's just, he's so, to me, British. So very British. It all works for me. So let's talk about uh, his entry into the series. Back with the third Doctor, we're in his final serial, The Planet of Spiders, and he gets radiation poisoning on the planet Metabellus Three. So and so that is what leads to his regeneration. So the third Doctor and the fourth Doctor both have help with their regeneration. So a Time Lord comes and helps the third Doctor through his regeneration to the fourth Doctor. And at the end of the fourth Doctor's time, it's not a Time Lord, it's a White Guardian. It's kind of an internal part, a a spirit, if you will, of the Doctor that comes out and you actually see him kind of as a character. doesn't really talk, but um, it's all, you know, there's little spoilers going on there, but we're allowed to spoil classic Who stuff. So, uh, so it's it's interesting what they do. 
I don't think any of the other doctors have outside help through their regenerations, except maybe you could say the second doctor to the third doctor because it was a forced regeneration. Back to the third doctor. So the, the third doctor regenerates into the fourth doctor, but he's back at unit uh, when this happens. So the fourth doctor regenerates and wakes up and he's in, he's still part of unit. Well, the fourth doctor wakes up and he is ready to break free from unit. He doesn't want to be uh, working with unit anymore, doesn't want to be held on earth. So he's ready to go and see the universe again. And that's great because the show can take us to other worlds and other uh, formats and, and play with things a lot more. And that's because this is the first regeneration where the show is on good standing with an audience and they're positive that they're going to keep it going. There's not They're not cutting back like they did with the third Doctor and saying, okay, well, we'll keep it going, but we got to limit our budget. They're saying, you know, let's go full steam ahead and let's take this out into the greater universe and bigger imagination and all that sort of stuff. So Doctor Who is on really good standing now and the fourth Doctor's coming in riding the wave of, uh, of the fandom that is growing. So that's another reason why he's so popular because the third Doctor did a great job of building a strong fan base. And then the fourth Doctor comes in and he's a little more charismatic. He's, he's a lot more smiley. He is really attached to his companions. He's an easy guy to love. Uh, whereas the third Doctor, John Pertwee's character, maybe a little more uh, separate, a little more standoffish, keep, keeps his distance emotionally kind of thing, uh, a lot more like James Bond, as we talked about with that. So financially, the show is all set and ready to go forward, so he breaks free from Unit, uh, but he takes with him his two companions at the time. First of all is Sarah Jane Smith, who came in late in the third Doctor's tenure, and then also Harry Sullivan, which is a surgeon lieutenant from UNIT. So those two are with him for a good while, uh, but then he does kind of mix it up with other companions. Sarah Jane Smith stays on longer and, and is with K-9. Uh, then we have Leela uh, is in there, an, another companion, uh, ti a Time Lady companion, which is Romana. And uh, then towards the end of his time, so he goes to uh, these alternate dimensions and he picks up Nyssa from one and Adric from another, and then Tegan, who's a flight attendant from Earth. And so those three are the companions, final companions at the end when he uh, regenerates into the Fifth Doctor, and those three carry on uh, into the time with the Fifth Doctor, almost through the whole of Fifth Doctor's time. Another reason the Fourth Doctor is so popular is that he was the first Doctor to regularly appear in America uh, when the show was being broadcast on PBS. So for worldwide doctor uh you know branching out of england for worldwide doctor who uh, fandom this is the first really doctor that people started seeing out there regularly off times you know the first thing that you know and are familiar with that's what you really latch on to and so that that really helped with this the fourth doctor becoming so popular also so that's Pretty good information, I think, that uh, that you'll need to understand the serial genesis of the Daleks uh, from the fourth Doctor. Uh, he's he's just um, he he is he's an adventurer. Uh, that's the last thing I'll say. He really loves to go out and 
and have uh, have adventures. And he loves, which we see a lot with the new doctors and new who. And he loves the adversity of uh, of his work and uh, of of you know the the tougher the challenge, the more excited he seems to get. And so we see that a lot, especially with uh, Matt Smith and David Tennant's uh, doctors. So that that was kind of started with the fourth. So you, you, there's a lot of foundation that carries through from Doctor Who that was established here in the fourth Doctor's time. So let's take a look at Genesis of the Daleks. I just want to give you a little bit of uh, information before you watch it, uh, or if you've already watched it, maybe a little bit of information that will help you understand it just a bit better. There's not there's not really a whole lot to cover here, but just a couple of points. First of all. This is a retcon from the history that was shared with the first Doctor in the serial The Daleks, which, if you followed along with Noobs and the Whovian, uh, you already watched. And so keep in mind that this serial takes place some 500 years before we see the what took place in The Daleks. And it's no longer the Dals versus the Thals, and the Dals t- becoming Daleks. It's now the Khaleds versus the Thals. And, and also, mutations of the Kelleds are occurring because of scientific experiments, not because of nuclear war. And so, okay, the, what was shared in the serial The Daleks is you could look at it a couple of ways. First of all, it could be that uh, history was just poorly recorded and poorly passed along, and so you had some misinformation that was shared with the travelers, with the Doctor and his companions in that uh, original Dalek serial. Uh, You could also say that the Doctor was guessing. He he presented information that uh, he presented as factual, but the Doctor also presents lots of things as factual that we know are uh, clever lies or uh, misinformation, intentionally misleading. You know, he likes to be uh, the guy that's seen to have all the answers, so sometimes he presents things that aren't totally true or, or uh, accurate. So he could have, that could just be one of those instances. That's, you know, how you can explain this retcon. Uh, it could also be he was given wrong information. So, you know, there, there are some plausible explanations, but suffice it to say, we're taking some of the information that was presented there back in 64, and we're setting it aside and saying, okay, from here on out, this is the actual background of the Daleks. This is what happened. So, Getting into the actual story with the with our travelers, with the doctor and his companions jumping in, the events that are taking place actually from when the doc, fourth doctor regenerates into the serial robot, clear till now and even beyond, it's one. It's been one long story. One uh, travel has connected to the next. One one issue and instance has connected to the next serial. Uh, so it's it's just one. It's, you know how sometimes like we just had where the doctor was looking for River for uh, the whole summer, and you had those breaks and things were going on off screen. Uh, and so in this instance, for this almost this whole season, that's. There's none of that going on. Everything that's happening you see in the actual episodes. And so what when we jump into it, we're jumping into the Doctor and his companions are transmitting uh, back to try and get to the TARDIS from their last uh, serial, which is the Suntaran experiment. And so, the, so what happens is they... This is actually two serials in a row where you don't see the TARDIS at all. 
which I think is the only time that's ever happened. And because so they've they transmitted down in the Santarn experiment uh, from space station Nerva and they fixed the transmat down there where they went down to and they ran into Santarans and stopped what they were doing and saved the Earth and that's wonderful. Uh, and so then they're transmitting back to space station Nerva when their transmat is intercepted. Transmats, uh, we've we've talked about them in New Who. We've, we've had it happen, uh, but it's basically like the transporter from Star Trek. But uh, there are two types in Doctor Who. There's an open-ended and there's a close-ended transmat. So the open-ended would be con- would be very much like the transporter from Star Trek, uh, where you know you have a spot where you're that's going to beam you somewhere, but uh, you can just beam anywhere you want. Uh, in this instance, they're going between close-ended, where you need stations at either end to transmat between. So th- when you hear the doctor talking about intercepting a transmat beam, uh, that's that's what he's talking about. They were transmatting back to space station Nerva, and they got uh, intercepted in the middle and diverted, which the doctor, th- you know, says is very dangerous. But uh, the Time Lord there assures him that he's known how to do this since you know for ages. Time Lords have known how to do this for ages. Speaking of that Time Lord, the Time Lord that we see there in black is Valyes, uh, Valyes, uh, V-A-L-Y-E-S. You know, they don't really say his name. He's he just he has a name there. Uh, the TARDIS Wikia, you know, showed his name. He's in a lot of the audio uh, stories, but this is his only TV appearance. This is all you get. So there's really not a whole lot of information on him from official TV canon. But suffice it to say, he is a messenger from the High Council on of Time Lords on Gallifrey, and he's giving the Doctor a mission to alter the timeline of the Daleks. So we know that the third Doctor was very much manipulated by the Time Lords. He, uh, he was very much controlled, only left Earth for a long time when the Time Lords had something specific for him to do and had to uh, uh, bring him in for that mission. Now he's got a lot of freedom, but this Time Lord, Valies, uh says, no, you, you know, we give you the freedom, but we still have to ask things of you, uh, we, you know, from time to time. You still need to do stuff for us. So the fourth Doctor, as you'll see, does agree uh, to do this, of course, because we wouldn't have a story if he didn't. Uh, but so, but this is not an uh, a, a, a totally unheard of thing to happen in the fourth Doctor's time. The Time Lords interfere with him, and he gets more and more angry as time goes on uh, with that happening. So that was really kind of a fourth Doctor thing. We don't see that so much with uh, with other Doctors. I mean, we okay, so we saw it a lot with the third Doctor, but this freedom to travel where he wants, but then sometimes being. Uh, manipulated by and controlled by the high council in Gallifrey. That's a fourth doctor thing. So that's uh, about all the information I think that we need. Uh, And I hope you guys watch Genesis of the Daleks. I hope you like it. It is one of the, it is often one of the top five uh, voted episodes. Uh, You could say, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's even ever dropped below top three. I didn't see anything uh, be- below that uh, from fan polls. Um, obviously, there's probably tons of fan polls out there I, I haven't seen. But but the big ones, uh, it's been number one and number three and, and uh, still continues to be one of the best Classic Who serials uh, by, uh, voted by the fans. So 
And I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you check back soon to, for the Noobs and the Whovian episode on it, because I, I can't wait to hear their reactions. So that all that remains for me to do is to thank the TARDIS Wikia for help with the information, and thanks to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on, and I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who connections next time.